نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما The verses that inshallah we're going to study today are specifically concerning talaq concerning divorce that how divorce is to be given what happens after that what's the proper procedure of divorce and what happens to the children afterwards how can the man give divorce in which case can the woman seek divorce what's the procedure inshallah we will learn about that in the following verses in the previous verses we learned about nikah so this shows to us that our deen is a complete way of life where clear instructions clear guidance has given us to marriage how do people get married then clear guidance has also been given as to how that marriage can break apart because a family can be born and it can also be broken two people can come together and they can also be drifted apart so what's the proper way now many times it happens that two people they get married and things don't work out it doesn't mean that both those individuals are evil okay or that either of them is very bad no it's quite possible that two good people do not get along together for whatever reasons this is just like there could be people in your classroom whenever you talk to them or there could be people in your family whenever you talk to them there is misunderstanding and you feel like you just can't get along with the other person you two are very very different doesn't mean that you're evil or they're evil not necessarily yes no human being is perfect everyone has their flaws but just because two people are not compatible with one another it does not mean that they are evil so first and foremost we must have this understanding that if a person ends up divorced or gives divorce then it doesn't mean that they are an evil person that they are not a righteous person okay and In fact a person who follows the procedure of divorce properly he is also worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that why because these instructions have been given by who Allah azza wa jalla so when a person observes them properly then what is he doing he is striving to please Allah even through that so this is a part of Islam this is a part of our religion because remember that la yukallifullahu nafsan Allah does not overburden a person more than what he can bear. So if a person cannot get along with their partner, it doesn't mean that they have to live in that relationship, in that misery, in that hardship, in that difficulty. Allah has also made a way out for them. But we see that generally in the society, what happens? If ever you hear about divorce, then you have very bad memories, right? what you've seen is something very evil because people do not follow the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given divorce is not given in normal circumstances it's given in unusual circumstances right in times when people are unhappy with one another but we see that even at this time what are believers required to do follow the commands of Allah So whether we are angry or happy whether we have perfect circumstances in our life or not good circumstances no matter what the situation is what is expected of us as believers that we live by the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given So let's look at these verses 
اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم الطلاق مرتان The divorce is twice. It is two times. الطلاق طلاق طلام قاف طلاق literally means to untie a knot. نكاح عقدة النكاح The tie of marriage. That two people, they get married and it's as though they're tying a firm knot. That they're making a pledge, a promise that they will live by the instructions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, that they will give each other their rights, they will fulfill their responsibilities. That is uqdatun nikah, tie of marriage. But if that doesn't work out, that tie, that knot is going to be opened up. So that is what? Talaq. Literally talaq is to untie a knot, to open it up, to break it. And it also means to set free, to release someone, to set them free. So when a woman gets talaq, she is released from that tie of marriage. So she is free to get married to somebody else if she wishes to do so. So a talaq, divorce, how many times is it? It is marratan, it is twice. Marratan is the dual of marrah. Marrah means once, marratan, once and once again, meaning two times. What does it mean by this? Meaning there are two chances that a person has to give divorce to his wife. Remember that talaq, there are two terms used for it, there are two types. One is talaq ar-raj'i and the other is talaq ba'in. Raj'i from rujur. What does rujur mean? Rujur, to return, to go back. Okay, so talaq ar-raj'i is the revocable divorce. The revocable divorce, meaning after which the couple can still get back together. So the husband, he says divorce to his wife. After some time he feels we should be together again. So can he go back? Yes. Can they get together again? Yes. Which kind of divorce is this? Talaq. Talaq ar-raj'i. Okay, from rujur, revocable divorce. The second kind is talaq al-ba'in. The final, the irrevocable divorce. Meaning the two cannot get together after that again at all. There is no chance whatsoever. There is only one case, which inshallah we will learn about later. But it's a final divorce. So over here Allah says, الطلاق مرتان Divorce is twice. Which divorce? The raj'i one, the revocable one. Meaning a man has only two chances to give divorce to his wife and take her back. So for example, he gives divorce to his wife in the year 2011. Okay, they get back together. Then what happens? In the year 2013, he gets upset again and he divorces her again. This is how many divorces? Two. Two chances. That's it. If he divorces one more time, then that divorce will be ba'in, final. Then there is no getting back together. In the year 2015, the man gets upset and he says, divorce. Can the two get back together again? Can they? No, they cannot. So, الطلاق مرتان, divorce is twice, meaning marrah, بعد marrah, once and again after that, once again, and that's it. No more chances after that. So which talaq is this? Talaq 
الرجعي الطلاق مرتان The Arabs they would give divorce up to a hundred times sometimes okay they had this tradition that they would divorce their wives once and they would divorce again and again and again and again and a woman could literally live in this torture for the rest of her life once a man he said to his wife i will neither divorce you nor take you back look at the words i will neither divorce you nor take you back meaning neither will i let you go for good nor will i take you back to treat you as my wife so she said how he said i will divorce you and when your term of idda nears its end i will take you back and then again i will divorce you and as soon as your idda is about to be over i will take you back and again i will divorce you and as your idda is about to be over remember the idda is three menstrual cycles when it's about to be over i'll take you back and i'll do this for the rest of our lives is that fair it's not fair so she complained and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed at-talaqu marratan you have only two chances You cannot play with a woman like that. You cannot treat her like this. You cannot mentally torture her for the rest of her life in this manner. No. Make up your mind. Either you keep her or you let her go. You have only two chances. That's it. No more than that. Now, these days, if, let's say, a person does not follow the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, he says, oh, jahiliyah is not practiced today, so how is it relevant to us? Even these days, a couple can get together, and then they can you know break up and then they can get together and then they can break up and then they can get together and break up how many times can a woman go through breakups with the same man how many times is it fair it's not fair so it's as though the men are being made to take their marriage seriously this is a serious matter you tell a woman you're my wife you take responsibility of her yes there will be times when things will be bitter when you will be unhappy but at the end of the day you are her husband and she is your wife there should be forgiveness there should be mercy there should be compassion there should be ihsan with one another so be careful don't abuse this word don't abuse this right to give divorce at-talaqu marratan it is only twice And after that Allah says fa imsakum bi ma'ruf aw tasrihun bi ihsan fa imsakun imsak from mim sin kaf mask imsak is to retain something to hold on to something that one already has so for example you're holding a bag imsak is to what to keep holding the bag and not let it go you're holding your child's hand what is imsak that you hold the hand and don't let it go So you have the wife so imsakun bi ma'ruf you keep her don't divorce her don't let her go imsakun if you wish to keep her keep her how bi ma'ruf in a manner that is appropriate and what is ma'ruf urf that is recognized meaning something that is culturally acceptable acceptable in the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that people accept that is considered decent that is considered good that is considered appropriate by people by the intellect So fa imsakum bi ma'ruf meaning if you wish to live with her then how are you going to keep her in a manner that is acceptable and this is not acceptable that every other day there is a fight and the man says divorce every other day there is an argument and the man says get out of my house no this is not ma'ruf fa imsakum bi ma'ruf 
Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nisa, ayah 19, that وَعَشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ That live with your women, how? In a manner that is appropriate. So if you wish to continue your relationship, then continue it in a decent manner. And if you do not wish to, then أَوْ or تَسْرِيحٌ بِإِحْسَانٍ Let her go, how? In the best manner. If you think that this relationship is not going to work out anymore, then set the woman free, let her go her way. How? Bi ihsan. Tasrih from the root letter seen raha, and tasrih is to release something, to let something open, to let go, to send away. So let her go from the house, send her away, but not with anger, not making things difficult for her. No, when you send her away, then send her away with ihsan. Just imagine, where do you ever see this today? Who practices this way today? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do this. That when a woman is divorced and she is leaving the house of her ex-husband, she is not to be pushed out. She is not to be pushed away. No, when she is let go, she is supposed to be let go. How? With ihsan. And what does it mean by ihsan? Scholars have said that what this means is that you let her go in the most decent manner, with respect, with dignity, without creating difficulty for her, without any injustice, without any zulm. In fact, she should be sent with some gifts. This is what the scholars have said, with some gifts, with parting gifts. That yes, this relationship of ours is over, Yes, we enjoyed good times, but there were also you know, some reasons because of which we feel that this cannot continue. So, assalamu alaikum, and this is your gift, and you may pack up and leave. But what happens typically? The woman is not even allowed to come back. She says, may I please come back to get my clothes at least? To get my jewelry? And what is she told? Not until you're alive, right? If you want to stay alive, then don't even dare to walk into this house. I myself have witnessed the divorce cases of many women who are in this situation. Their belongings, their wealth, even their passports and their identity cards and their major documents, their legal documents are sitting in the houses of their husbands, but they cannot go there to collect them. Nor will the ex-husband send them. For months, arguments and fights are carrying on. What does Allah say? Make up your mind. If you don't want her to be here, if you don't want the relationship to continue, then let her go in the most decent manner. Because a believer, who is he? A muhsin. And ihsan has many levels. Ihsan is with yourself. Ihsan is in dealings with others. Ihsan is towards those who do good to you. And ihsan is also towards those who do bad to you. So even if you feel that the wife was very disobedient, very rebellious, she doesn't deserve any kindness, yet Allah says, do ihsan with her. أو تسريح بإحسان. ابن عباس رضي الله عنه he said when the man divorces his wife twice, what this part of the ayah what it means is that when the man divorces his wife two times already, then let him fear Allah regarding the third time. From now on, after two divorces, he should either keep her with him and treat her with kindness or let her go her own way with kindness without infringing upon any of her rights. So, أَوْ تَسْرِيحٌ بِإِحْسَانٌ 
وَلَا يَحِلُّ لَكُمْ And it is not permissible for you. Meaning, O oh man, it is not allowed for you. أَن تَأْخُذُوا That you should take مِمَّا From that which آتَيْتُمُوهُنَّ You gave them شَيْئًا Anything. آتَيْتُمُوهُنَّ From the root letters. Hamzata Ya. آتَيْ آتَيْتُمْ Okay. آتَيْتُمْ You gave. The wow is extra here. آتَيْتُمُوا You gave hunna to them. Shay'an, anything. Meaning at the time of divorce, meaning at the time when the woman is leaving the house, the idda is over, it is complete, she is going away. At that time, it is not allowed for you, O man, to take back anything that you gave her. You notice the word shay'an. What does shay'an mean? Anything at all. And notice the tanween at the end, the two fathas at the end, it means ism nakira, meaning common. So it means nothing at all can the man take back from the wife that he gave her. Nothing at all. Neither a lot nor a little. Meaning the mahr, starting from the mahr. Okay? Whatever the man gave to the wife when they were married, he cannot take that back at the time of divorce. So for example, the idda is over, the woman is leaving, and the husband says, oh this jewelry we gave you, give it back. This jewelry we gave you, give it back. Your bank account is full of the mahad that I gave you, those $10,000, you're not leaving until you give all of this money to me. And by the way, since you've been here, I have been spending this much money on you, on your expenses every month, so give me all of that back and then go. He cannot take back anything at all. It is not halal for him. It is not permissible for him. Allah says, it's not allowed for you to take back anything. So if a man does take back anything from the wife at the time of divorce, then what is that for him? It is haram. It is haram. Because sometimes this is what people do. Whatever clothes they made for the wife, for the bride when she came, from her wedding dress all the way to the last dress that she wore, everything she has to leave. She cannot take anything with her. You got that dress made for that girl, for that woman. Please don't take that back. Because a person who gives a gift and takes it back is like what? A dog that pukes and eats its puke. Imagine. A dog that throws up and then licks that puke. But people out of their greed for wealth, greed for money, greed for dunya, what do they do? They take back every little thing that they've given to the woman at the time of divorce. And it's so bitter, it is so painful. Divorce itself is so painful for the woman. Because when two individuals get married, it's like a body has formed. And divorce is like amputating a part of the body. And it's extremely painful. It's very, very difficult, especially for the woman. She started a new life. She's gone through a lot. Perhaps she feels emotionally unstable. How can you torture her more by taking away everything from her? This is not allowed. It's not permissible for a man to do that. أَن تَأْخُذُوا مِمَّا Except, there is only one case in which the man can take back part or all of what he gave to the wife at the time of marriage or after that. One case only. And what is that case? إِلَّا أَن يَخَافَ Except that both of them fear. 
Yakhafa is from the root letters kha wa fa from the word khawf and khawf is to expect some danger in the future expect something harmful in the future okay so both of them meaning the husband and the wife they have this fear okay what is this fear that they have that allah that not allah is a combination of an and la an that la not that Allah, yuqima, they too will maintain, they too will observe, what? Hudud Allah, the limits that Allah has set. Yuqima, from qaf wa mean, iqama, salat to establish the prayer, it is basically to perform something properly, to uphold, to live by it. So both the man and the woman, they feel that if they remain married, they will not be able to live by the hudud of Allah. Hudud is the plural of had, and had is limit, boundary. So what are the hudud? The shara'ir, the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. Because the husband and wife have some obligations upon them, and they also have some rights. So if the husband feels, I cannot give the right of my wife. The wife feels, I cannot give the right of my husband. So this marriage cannot continue. Okay? There is fear on the part of both of them that we cannot fulfill the rights of each other. Then at that time, Allah says that in this situation, then the man may take back what he gave to his wife at the time of marriage. But notice, it's not just based on the fear of the two. That the wife says, I don't think that I can give the haq of my husband. The husband says, I don't think that I can give the haq of my wife. No, it's not just the two individuals, it's not just the couple, but the rest of the family as well. Even they feel that this marriage cannot continue. Because Allah says, فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ So if you all fear, who does you all refer to? The rest of the family. Okay? Their elders, their parents. Their uncles, their family, they feel that Allah yuqima hudud Allah, that they cannot establish, live by the hudud of Allah, then fala junaha alayhima, then there is no blame, there is no sin upon them too. Upon who too? Upon the husband and the wife, upon the couple. Fima concerning that which iftadat bi. She gives ransom with it. Iftadat fa dal ya. Fidya. What is fidya? Something that a person gives in order to free themselves. So who is giving the ransom over here? The woman. So the woman, she will give a sum to the man so that she can be divorced. And what is this referring to? The case of khula. Okay, the case of khula. Talaq is what the husband gives. Okay? And in the case of talaq, he cannot take back anything from the wife. Khula, on the other hand, is what the woman takes. Okay? Khula is what the woman takes. And in the case of Khula, the woman will return to the husband what he gave to her at the time of marriage. Why? Why? If you think about it, what is the mahr? What is the mahr? The mahr is the gift that the husband gives at the time of marriage to who? To who? To his wife. Why? Does the woman have to give anything to the husband? Does she have to buy him a wedding ring? 
Does she have to buy him his wedding dress? Does she have to pay for any of the expenses of the marriage, of the wedding? Does she? Islamically, no. Islamically, no. The woman does not need to spend even a single penny on her wedding expenses, including her family members. But what is the tradition generally? There has to be a wedding reception. There has to be a big party that has to be thrown. And so a lot of money is spent into that. And people sometimes have to take loans as well to cover the expenses. And it is not appropriate. This is not right. Because the marriage, how is it? The man is the seeker. Okay? The man is seeking the woman. So he has to bear the expenses. You understand? The man proposes, the man is asking for the woman's hand in marriage. Doesn't mean that the woman cannot propose, but mainly it's the man. Okay? So this is why he has to cover the expenses. But if you want to have a party, the woman's side of the family, they want to have a party, they want to have a reception, out of their own goodwill, it's up to them. But they're not Islamically obligated to do so. Do you understand? Is it clear? Okay? Is it clear to everybody? This is something very important that must be well known because unfortunately these days whenever there is a marriage, there is a wedding, there first there is the nikah event, then there is a reception event, then there is the walima event. Allahu Akbar, so many parties to go to that you have like three evenings gone, your whole weekend gone, your whole week gone in just attending wedding parties. It is so difficult upon the family, the friends, especially little children, poor children. Especially the way that we have our weddings these days. Six hours, eight hours, late into the night. You know, children's schedule is ruined. Honestly, since I've had my kids, I've stopped going to parties, to wedding parties, because I cannot do that anymore. I can't stay at wedding parties till 12 o'clock midnight, till 11 o'clock in the night. It's not possible. And all the children, they're going crazy, running around, ruining their clothes, destroying all the cutlery and whatever food is there. Why? Why make marriage such a difficulty, such a burden upon ourselves and the rest of the people? So anyway, the point that I'm making over here is that when it comes to nikah, the man is the seeker. This is why he has to spend on the wife. Okay? So he gives the mahar. And the mahar, it is a gesture of what? Of his love taking his responsibility. He is serious about his marriage. He is very interested in the woman that he wants to get married to because he is spending for that cause. Okay? He is spending for that cause. And this is the reason why he has a greater right in marriage as well. When the two are married, the husband has more right. Why? Because he is spending. He is taking care of all the finances. Okay? So when he is the seeker, he is spending, he is showing his seriousness. If later on, for whatever reason, he thinks this marriage cannot continue, he divorces the wife, then can he take anything back? No. Because he wanted her, now he wants her gone, she might even want to stay. Okay? She might even want to continue the marriage, but he doesn't wish to. He wants to divorce. So this is the reason why he cannot take it back. He cannot take the mahr back. But in the case of khula, it's different. The case of khula is that the husband feels he cannot fulfill the rights of the wife. The wife feels she cannot fulfill the rights of the husband. Why? Because they don't like each other mainly. They don't love one another. 
they thought they would fall in love but they didn't it didn't happen okay they thought that they could overlook you know the differences they could overlook the deficiencies but they weren't able to this is just like the companion of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam zaid radhiyallahu anhu and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's cousin zainab radhiyallahu anha they both got married both of them were righteous people but what happened could they get along could they no they couldn't because zaid was a freed slave and she was from the family of the quraish there was a huge difference between the two a huge status difference i mean she was at the top of the pyramid and he was like at the bottom not that in islam there is much value attached to this but culturally it was very difficult upon both of them to get along so what happened they were finished khalas there were many other occasions as well where such marriages could not continue you know once a woman she came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and she said that you know my husband there's nothing wrong with him at all but i just don't like him we learn about the wife of sabit ibn qais the wife of sabit ibn qais she came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and she said o messenger of allah i do not criticize the religion or mannerism of shamas meaning there's nothing wrong with his deen there's nothing wrong with his character he's a very good man but i hate to commit kufr in islam she was indicating that i hate to neglect his right that i don't want to have relations with him i just don't like him physically i just don't so she said that i cannot stay with him i cannot give him his right so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said will you give him back his garden she said yes o allah's messenger so he took back the garden and he gave it to shamas so the marriage was dissolved this was khula it happens many times so the woman she just doesn't like the husband she just doesn't like him she can't get along with him he may be a good man maybe he goes to the masjid he gives sadaqa he goes for hajj every few days he spends on her but she just doesn't like him she just doesn't get along with him there's a cultural difference between the two you know perhaps it is his manners it is the way he talks it is the way he eats it is his habits and it really bothers her you know if it's any other person then what do you do you just stay away from them even if it's your relatives what do you do you just don't go to their house much you don't talk to them much but if it's your husband what are you supposed to do you just don't like him are you supposed to stay with him you can't be forced into that it's not fair i don't mean to say here that every woman just because she doesn't like the nose of her husband she doesn't like the teeth of her husband and she doesn't like the fact that he doesn't do his laundry anymore she says oh i don't like my husband anymore so i'm going to seek divorce no there are many things that you have to overlook okay many things that you have to overlook remember the hadith in which the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that go for the deen of the woman so likewise the woman also has to go for the deen of the man but it's possible that other factors are becoming too big to bear so she thinks that she cannot continue you know sometimes it happens that the man is very good but the family structure is such that he for example lives with his family and he doesn't understand that his wife also needs some privacy or that his wife is being abused or is being treated unjustly by his side of the family and it happens in many families right it happens in many families 
that the woman doesn't feel that she can fit in that situation anymore, that she can continue in that situation anymore. She doesn't like the fact that because she's upset because of what, let's say, her father-in-law did or her mother-in-law did or her brother-in-law did, all that anger comes onto her husband. Okay? And then he doesn't even realize his responsibility. He says, I'm sorry, I cannot do anything about it. You have to live like this. She has the choice to walk out of that marriage if she wishes to. If it's becoming unbearable for her. If it's reached the point where she cannot tolerate her husband anymore even. Because the husband and the wife, they have to have mawaddah and rahmah, love and mercy for each other. And if that love and mercy is missing, if it is missing, that the husband does not even stand up to defend his wife, he doesn't stand up to take care of his wife at all, then this is not fair. It happens in many families that the family is very well off, but as soon as a daughter-in-law walks in, you know, there was a maid who used to come once a week to clean, even she doesn't come anymore. There was a lady who used to come to do the laundry, she was hired, even she doesn't come anymore. There was a nanny, she's fired. And who's expected to do everything? The daughter-in-law. And if the daughter-in-law wants to study, she wants to work, she wants to go to a class, she wants to attend a lecture, there's a complete ban on her. It's like as though she's a prisoner, it's as though she's living like a slave in that household. And these stories are not unheard of. They are real. So in a situation like that, what is that woman supposed to do? You know, it's very easy to say, do sabr shukra sister. But if you're living in that situation, how long can you bear that situation? For how long do you think you will have love for your husband? How long do you think you can give the right of your husband? Eventually the woman will expire. Eventually she will perhaps even begin to question her faith. It happens. Women get depressed. They get psychological problems. They develop them. So in such a situation, if the wife feels that I cannot continue like this, then she takes the khula. But is it fair then on the husband that the husband spent so much on her, does he not have the right to take back what he gave her? She does not wish to continue. He is okay with the settlement. She's not okay with the settlement. So does he have the right to take something back at least? Yes, he does. Because he still wants her, but she doesn't want him. So then he can take back what he gave her. And this will be agreed upon by both parties, or this will be decided by the judge. So in this story that we learned about, the Prophet ﷺ, he decided, he asked her, would you give back the garden that he gave you? She said, yeah, willingly, anything. Right? So then it was returned to Sabit, and the khudar was done. Meaning the woman was set to go. She was free. So فَلَاجْنَاحَ عَلَيْهِمَا فِي مَفْتَدَتْ بِي There is no sin upon either of them if she ransoms herself, meaning if she gives something to the husband in order to free herself from that marriage. Is it clear now? I have a question. What if the husband gave to the wife some money at the time of marriage? Okay, let's say he gave her $5,000 at the time of marriage as mahar. And then she wants khula. He says, okay, I want the $5,000 back. She says, oh, I spent it. I'm sorry. I used it. So then what is he supposed to do? What is she supposed to do? What's going to happen? If she says, I've spent it, then what is going to happen? Yes. 
okay, she says, oh, I bought these clothes and this jewelry. So he takes the jewelry, the clothes, what is he going to do with those clothes? I mean, they're used. Even if he tries to sell them on eBay, probably nobody's going to buy them because they're used. Okay, then what? Yes. She still has to give whatever he asks for, whatever the judge decides. Okay, those $5,000 were used up, but she has to get $5,000 from somewhere else. Okay? Her family has to help her in that situation. The government can help her in that situation, whatever. Because it's not fair in either part then. Okay? It's not fair for the husband that he spent so much on her, she used everything up, and now she's walking away. Is it fair for him? No. You know, many times it happens that, like I remember, I heard of a story once, that this uh, man and woman, they got married and the woman was in another country and she was waiting for her papers to migrate to the other country to live with her husband. And as soon as the immigration went through, she was supposed to just travel, she applied for khula. Okay? So in other words, she had citizenship of another country. Okay? She could come. And that's something that many people are seeking. Okay? And on top of that, all the money, all the wealth, all the jewelry that he had given her at the time of marriage, she had that too. And then she's blaming him that, oh, he's like this and he's like this and he's like that, whereas they've never lived together. And she's walking away with that marriage. Is it fair for the husband? Is it fair? Not fair at all. He deserves to get back something. So whatever he wants, whatever the court rules, Whatever decision is made, that will be returned to the husband at the time of khula. But notice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِمَا There is no sin upon them too. Why does Allah say that? Because if the woman was to seek divorce without a genuine reason, this would be a major, a great sin on her part. Remember this very clearly. If a woman seeks divorce without a genuine reason, then this is a sin on her part. In a hadith we learn that any woman who asks her husband for divorce without justification, then the fragrance of paradise will be forbidden for her. Imagine paradise, jannah, that is so fragrant, even that fragrance will be forbidden for her. You know, sometimes you're driving through a street and you can smell food. And you say, oh, these people must be having a barbecue. They're having their barbecue in their backyard probably, and you can smell it all the way in the street at a distance. I live close to a plaza where there's Hero Burger. And, you know, we get these uh, whiffs of fries and burgers and all of that. So you get to smell that. Now imagine... A woman who asks for divorce without justification, she will not even smell Jannah. Meaning she will not even come close to Jannah. Forget about entering Jannah. She's not even going to come close to Jannah. Because she's seeking divorce, she's breaking apart her marriage without a genuine reason. Without a genuine reason. 
that for example she starts comparing herself with her friends and she says oh my friends you know they've been married only 5 years and already they have a house of their own and we are still living in this basement apartment for so long and my friend her husband you know he got her an iPhone i don't even have a cell phone she has the latest laptop i don't even have a computer she has this and i don't even have that comparing yourself with other people and thinking that my husband's not good enough saying that oh we have to live with our in-laws and other people don't have to well your mother-in-law is so good your father-in-law is so helpful what more do you need being ungrateful and thinking that if you leave them you will somehow from somewhere find a better option not necessarily you know many times it happens that men when they are divorced easily they can get married again but women once they hit their mid 30s or whatever it's almost impossible for them in our culture unfortunately and the more religious a woman is the less chances she has of getting married again unfortunately right this is how we have made things in our society so allah says fala junaha alayhima fi maftadat bi so in this case where she feels she cannot continue the marriage she is unable to give the rights of her husband so she can seek khulah she can seek divorce and there's no sin on her if she does that and why would it be a sin on, on the husband that he is taking back what he gave to the wife generally if he would take back from the wife what he gave her would that be permissible for him no we learned earlier fala yahillu lakum it's not permissible for you so at the time of khulah he's taking back allah says la junah there is no blame there is no sin meaning it is completely permissible 